for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Uh, as always, or I shouldn't say as always, because it has been a minute, boys, hasn't it? Yeah, how does it feel to be back in the, uh... In the Skype, all ready to go for our uh, return to football season. How's it feel? It's good that football is back. Oh yeah. I mean, we are we are back. It's nice. It's it's great <laughs> to have some football back. Uh, it's great to see you guys too. I was just chatting with uh, you guys before this about that. I was like, it's been a hot second. It seems like it's like Benson's like July fourth almost. Like almost a month. Mm -hmm. I feel like since we've. Uh, since we've recorded an episode, uh, and this is going to be, like you said, real casual tonight. Um, just mostly going to go over some of the stuff that we're seeing in this game and, and some other stuff that's been happening over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to, to get back into the swing of things. I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, dang, before we know it, we're going to have those episodes after Monday and Thursday night mm -hmm. football that we're going to be doing. And it's going <clears> to <throat> be back into full swing. I mean, we're like, what is it like a month away? When's the first game? Is it like the eighth or the ninth of September? So we're like a month and a couple of days away. Right. Exactly. And like, I've always note, I've always noted the month. Like, as soon as August begins, that's as soon as I start to get in my fantasy research. Like, I'm going knee deep. I'm going head deep. Like, head first into the research full time. I've got the podcast out. But yeah, it feels good. Feels be good to be back with uh with the gang. Mitch, how you feeling, man? Feeling pretty good, man. I mean, it's been a while. Granted, everybody deserves a summer vacation, and we've been working at OT behind the scenes. I mean, get ready for some graphics on the Instagram because we got plenty of stuff brewing. Obviously, the power rankings are still coming, and potentially some fantasy rankings coming. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's like, like we said, or like Tyler said, it's going to be more. More on the casual side, because to be completely honest with you, I'm sitting in a living room with like eight different people because, I mean, football is back. So, you know, you got to bring everybody together, the more the merrier. So feels good to be back. But yeah, let's dive into some of the uh, the training camp highlights coming out and um, we'll dive into some of the teams that we got on the slate right here. Uh, currently, we're all watching the game uh, as we have our eyes glued to the TVs above our computer screens. But, um, but yeah, we're going to do a bunch of uh, good stuff today. And then also, we threw it out for questions. You can go ahead and throw, uh, throw questions into the chat on YouTube. You can go ahead and throw questions into the chat on Twitch. Or you can drop it in the Instagram. So feel free to do that. And let's dive right into it, boys. All right. Wait, now. This is Wait, one. They're about to put one, the. One uh, question, yeah, question. go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Oh. Sorry, I'm a little ahead of you. I gotta watch think, the game. But, uh, yeah, you are. I have to. Typical Raiders picking up the Chargers scraps, and now this guy's doing pretty well. He's probably gonna torch us when he plays. Is us. that Nick Mullins? Go to our Instagram. Yeah, dude, he's on low key. He's Wait, not. He's, he's not a bad backup, man. Like he provided very good minutes for San Fran. Oh, I agree. I mean, Nick Mullins. They've said in San Fran for a while that he's been. He could start. You no. Know? Yeah, I mean, he's just like, 
I mean, out of all the other backup options in the NFL, he's Ooh, not, there it is. definitely not the worst. Oh, whoa, what a block. Wow. Oh, Amir Abdullah, former Viking. Yes. I don't know if you guys uh back on the I don't know if you guys noticed, but I did finally off a commie shirt. A commie shirt. <laughs> um all right, so question. Question right off question right off the back I have. So you guys have Jonathan Taylor going one one, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, no? undeblated. No? Okay, that was gonna be my next question is is where like you Place. You so you have McCaffrey at two. Kane. Personally, if I have I the mean, first two picks, I'm not taking McCaffrey. in my official rankings, but I am taking McCaffrey because of the risk. Because I'm willing to take the risk. I know he's a much higher potential, and what he's dealt with is not necessarily things that should keep popping up. You know, I've seen some mocks where, like, guys in, like, this is probably more in 10-team leagues rather than 12 teams, but I've seen guys getting McCaffrey and Saquon on the same team, and I'm like, man, there is so much risk there. But there's so much upside as well if those guys stay healthy. I'm not touching. I've, I love Saquon. Now, I mean, I guess I'm kind of biased because I've always been one of those guys that's very injury, like, scared. I really stay away from the guys. You who go can, with the safe route? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the safe route, and that usually gets you pretty good in fantasy because you win your league not through the – you can't win your draft, but you can lose it. Like, that's something that Matthew Barry always says. Like, yeah, you need to – I'm not taking a home run on Christian McCaffrey this year. Even if in, in the first three picks, I mean, let's try to think about who the first three would be. I mean, you've got – I mean, after, after the first two, it's, it's – totally up for grabs because you've probably got like a plethora of guys like you can go wide receiver you can go with one of the other running backs like henry or cook um then but then you can look into like cooper cup or justin jefferson as well at three so there's there's tons it's crazy to think that the vikings could have the number one offense this year and it makes me salivate but i do think that there is potential for justin <laughs> jefferson to have the best year of fantasy wide receiver like this is my thing. This is my thing with the Vikings that everybody is underselling and nobody's really talking about is that Kevin O'Connell is there. Mm -hmm. Like this is yeah. going to be a burial. That's what I'm saying. It's like, Zimmer, that like, like the, and I texted you guys this and I was like, kind of, it might in Madison a little more. Yeah. Which honestly, you're buying low on Madison. That's amazing. But neither running back. Well, Cook's probably still going to be a little better. But Madison, you're going to get a steal for it at that point. Well, they're both going to be incorporated into the passing game, which is something that Zimmer very rarely I did. Was a lot of slot yep. reps initially. Hey, surprising to me. And, and if you can, I mean, Irv Smith just had surgery, but he's expected to be ready for uh, for the first game. But if you could have a, a combination on the line of like Dillon, Jefferson, Cook, and Irv Smith or Osborne, Osborne's been <laughs> burning people at practice but that like i was kind of joking about it when i said it but i also wasn't like kirk cousins could be a dark horse mvp like with this mm. offensive minded coach like i i'm not gonna say he will win mvp by any means but i'm i mean what did he have last year like 33 touchdowns to seven picks or something like that like he's always had a good touchdown to ratio he's always yards 
can he come up in the big moment? Just big I mean, dark horse is definitely the word for it. Even if there's like a dollar on it, you could probably win a hundred. <laughs> who um who who's gonna have the better season? Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon? Oh. Fantasy wise, Aaron Jones because he's wide one at this point. Seriously, you're not wrong there, Mitch. <laughs> I mean Aaron Jones is gonna get all that passing. But in terms of points per game, Aaron Jones is probably going to have like five catches per game because he is. Yeah, no. And think about it. Like we've, and I was also thinking about this the other day. Like when you go to think about who the green, like Aaron Rodgers is going to give somebody a whole ton of work. Like it's fucking Aaron Rodgers. Like we're forgetting Robert Tunyon. Ooh, really? I think it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones. Like I think it's going to be like probably 60% of Aaron Jones in the receiving game. And then I think it's going to be, I, I like what I'm hearing about Romeo dubs. That was one of our topic points that we were going to talk about later on. And he's got a lot of potential there, let's but talk about it now. yeah, let's talk about it now. Go ahead. Give your take on uh Robert Tunyon, man, Robbie T. Dude, I think, I mean, I know he, he got hurt at the end of last year towards ACL. We were actually, I think we were watching all of that live. It, it was the, it was the Cardinals game. He towards ACL. I thought it was the was it the Cardinals or was it the Lions Monday night game? I remember it was a game that, that game. It was a bigger game, so we. Oh, that was that. the um, that was the uh, the interception. Thursday night, I'm pretty sure it was the Thursday it was. night game. It, it was. was a bigger game. Both teams, I think, were undefeated, or one. The Packers had one loss, and the Cardinals were undefeated. Yeah, the Cardinals were undefeated. That's what it was. But um, Romeo Dubs, yeah. Romeo Dubs, I watched him. This is bad that I watch Mountain West games, but I watched a couple of, of Nevada games. I mean, Carson Strong was a big prospect. Uh, and, and Romeo Dubs, I mean, he had some a couple hundred yard games. I mean, some electric performances. Now, obviously, you're going up against Mountain West competition, so it's not that great. But like, he was, he, 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 sh- once again, this is my favorite term, he showed flashes of being an NFL wide receiver. So, like, I'm not going to say that he's going to come in and just absolutely dominate, dominate, but, like, he could be a viable fantasy option. Yeah, he, he could, on your bye week, he could sub in as, like, a wide receiver three or flex in some deeper leagues for sure. I think at worst, he's their MBS now. Ooh, 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 ooh. That guy got cut. I'm not sure why people aren't trying to buy into Bay's next weapon. Like, that's not, like, Alan Lazard is going so late in drafts right now, and I can't understand why. Like, because whoever Aaron Rodgers is going to, oh, we got a turnover. Oh, turnover. Yeah. I got hey, <laughs> hey, Mitch, uh, pause your TV, if you can, for, like, 10 seconds. My issue with um the Packers and Lazard and everything is, the first year we saw Rodgers with a four, what did he have? All right, like, play. All right, press, 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 press play now. Why was he ahead of us? It just kind of worries me because they've already been so run dominant before when it was Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones on the field that I think they might just revert to that first year of Matt LaFleur. And they still um, – they went to the NFC Championship that game, well, that year, against the 49ers when the Chiefs and Niners played. And Bro, Rod- they had Devontae Adams. Or 
up and down. Rodgers was washed at that point because they just weren't throwing the football. But they have one of the best offensive uh, lines in the league. It's not really a worry for them to worry about the run game first. If you have a two-headed monster in the backfield and can just do dump passes all game, Rodgers doesn't necessarily have to throw for 40 touchdowns again. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think Aaron Jones is going to be an elite option in that offense this year. Um, also, a guy that we haven't talked about a lot is uh, Christian Watson, who's currently out of training camp right now. But, I mean, we were talking about small school wide receivers. I mean, Romeo Dubs, small school wide receiver. Like, Green Bay seems to have a knack for turning guys like that into next-level talent. And also, another thing is about Romeo Dubs. Oh, and Kenny Drake. Kenyon Drake comes up holding his wrist. Ooh. It was his ankle. Is Kenyon Drake draftable in fantasy this year? I mean, yes. I'm, because, well, well, who's who's who did they draft? Didn't they draft somebody? Who the Raiders at running yeah. back? Zamir. Oh Lake. yeah. yeah. Zamir looked good in this game. I am so worried that Josh McDaniels is going to incorporate that committee of running back backfield that he did in New England, that it is going to be Josh Jacobs and Zamir White 50-50 because White has looked good. And you know, Josh, Josh Jacobs will have some kind of injury that nags on that'll keep him out like a game or two. So, like, whoever's the backup is... What were you going to say, Mitch? I mean, he had turf toe last year. That's not necessarily something that is easy to get rid of and is easy to show back up. I I, I really like Xavier White as like a very deep sleeper. I'm not a rate. <laughs> I am avoiding Raiders players at all costs <clears throat> running back that aren't receivers. But I really like Xavier White for the future. And if you have like a late round dynasty pick, he is worth it. Something speaking of uh, running. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. I was just going to say, speaking of Raiders receivers, how many thousand-yard receivers will they have this year? Dude, hot take? Yeah, one. I have a hot, yeah, one. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Because I didn't know, because Waller Waller is included in that as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. One. Just under. I think the other two will be right around 900. Mm, I agree. It's a good question, though. Good question. So, so who do you think is who do you think is the thousand yard receiver? Do you think it's Devontae? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and I don't think the other guys have bad I mean, years. Or because is that Zamir White? This is rough. We have not talked. The O line's rough, and I think that Renfro has a lot more options than Waller has, and I think Renfro is more likely to get the thousand yards than Waller, but I don't think either gets there. Dude, the Raiders should play their backup lineman. I mean, they they look good right now. They should play White because he is going off right now. I mean, it's against backup. Well, is Walker in? I don't even think Walker's in right mm-hmm. now, is he? No, they've got a bunch of backup. But, I mean, speaking of the Raiders, we have had a lot of debate recently in our group chat about the fate of Derek Carr this year, which I am personally all in on the Derek Carr hype train. I think he's going to be in. The, I'm not saying he's going to win it. I think he has a very similar season to Matt Stafford of last year. Now, am I saying that they go to the Super Bowl and they win it? No, but statistically during the regular season, I think 
Derek Carr has a very similar season. I don't know if he gets it done in the playoffs just because of the inexperience, but I want to hear your thoughts on that, especially with a guy like Josh McDaniels running these weapons and this offense. Come on now. So, so here's going to be my bounce back question to that because I believe Stafford had 5,000 yards last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if Derek Carr has 5,000 yards, how, if Derek Carr has 5,000 yards and you're saying only one guy gets 1,000 yards, how's that possible? Who are the other yeah. yards? Who else sure. is there to No, I was thinking about that. That's why I brought that up because I was trying to think if he really does put up the kind of season that I think he can, then somebody else has got to catch a thousand yards if he if he if he throws for five if he throws for five thousand yards i think mm-hmm. two guys at least have to yeah. get a thousand no. 100 percent. barring uh, barring injury i think oh wow that was terrible who was eating for oh Ke- keelan cole forgot he was there so he's is he their third? He switched team in this game. I'm also surprised to like find that. <laughs> well, no, he was on the Jets. I'm also surprised. Like I, I originally thought that Darren Waller was going to be zeroed out, or not Darren Waller. I thought originally that Hunter Renfro was going to be zeroed out of the offense. But did you guys? I don't like. Not that this has much to do. I mean, it does have a lot to do with it because the team chemistry and everything. Like, did you see that video of uh, Hunter Renfro buying the cheap Uber for? Uh, Oh, was that Chase on? That was Chase on. Good to see Chase on actually putting in some work. He's a guy that that could get, you know, new 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 place could could do something because he was he was with the Cowboys I think and he was awful. Him and Arden Key are going to be rotational pieces for this team, Jags. But uh, I I think Renfro is kind of the safety valve still because he doesn't really run routes more than ten yards. And with that offensive line, after Denzel Good retired, you have one notable offensive lineman in Cole Miller. And you have just the left tackle. you got to hope for, like, within two seconds of passing almost. Borderline what Ben Roethlisberger has been doing the past, like, four years. <laughs> but I think Renfro is due for, like, just enough to make him still recognizable and worth that contract because last him instead of the Again, what, the, what was what was Renfro's contract? He just got signed to an extension. Yeah, three years. Yeah, I believe it's three years. A year. Yeah, I think it's like three years. Like, what's the AAV there though? Is it like twelve mil a year, eleven mil a year? I think it was 16 because mm-hmm. he is so designated as opposed to the other guys. Like, Deontay seemed like he got so little compared to the other guys, but it's just because he was barely under $20 million That's something much. to talk about, too. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Contract. Yeah, we have not talked about Deontay Johnson's contract. I mean, that was premature, in my opinion. Premature, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. Like, he hasn't really... Also, he has been at the mercy of Ben Roethlisberger's talent. I mean, I've said the same thing about Chase Claypool, you know? Like, he hasn't... Premature on his end, right? Not premature on the Steelers' end. I mean... Okay, I'm glad we're on the stage there. But I don't know, though. Like, I don't know at the same time. Oh, dude, if he he goes for 1,200 yards this year, they're going to look... Yeah. 
great because if they had waited to sign him to like after the season, let's say he does have like a Pro Bowl 1200, 1300 yard season, like he would be getting into that 20 mil. Yeah, I mean, now he does have a quarterback, so and I totally understand. Does he? I think, I think Mitch is going to be a guy. I think Mitch is going to be a guy. So, so you think it's Mitch? Oh, yeah, to start the year for sure, and majority of the year, I think Mitch makes it through double digit weeks. I mean, he I don't. Worst quarterback there so far in camp, from what I've heard. Really? Like Mason Rudolph is legitimately getting starting reps at this point because neither is shown out. Right. I don't know. Like I, I mean, I've been pretty firm on my Mitch stance. I mean, that was kind of one of my hot takes when the Steelers signed him. But for twenty, a clutch drill they were doing. Twenty. <laughs> Missing his last 15 straight. That does sound like Mitch Trubisky, though, doesn't it? <laughs> do, the, do, 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 do the Steelers make the playoffs? Okay, I was actually thinking about this last night. Who thinks that the Steelers finish 500 this year? I don't. I think fine. And it'll be the first time that Mike Tomlin ever goes under 500. I don't. I think that they've got a pretty decent schedule, but no, I don't. Because that's going to be their borderline game is the divisional games. And their division is so hard. And they have one game at least without Watson if they stick to the six-game suspension. But if he misses the full year, obviously they're going to get two wins. Because they're just... Yeah, but like... But but, but the whole... And we can get into this now if you guys want, but the whole Watson situation with them appealing, it now, it now, if it runs into the season, he's going to be allowed to play. I'm pretty sure we yeah, will. He will. Right. And the longer it drags on, uh, I mean, I can't, I still can't see him playing this year. I, I, I don't see it anyway. At this point, I feel like he is bound to play because they're going to someone not directly within the NFL, even if he has close ties. And it's just going to be yet another appeal, and it's not going to be running off of whatever the bar has been set from the NFL on sexual assault cases. And I think that's what Robinson was running off of in her case, was she set it at six because it's slightly worse than what she's seen before. So she just bumped it up slightly to six games. I mean, Big Ben, Big ben got six games for one incident. One. For one alleged Yeah, but incident. I agree with Mitch. Like, this is the first time that the NFL is going to an outside source like Judge Sue Robinson. Uh, this is the first time that they're going through a yeah. process like this. So, like, if they do end up making it a whole season, like, if they do end up making it a whole season as far as the suspension goes, then it would look really bad for the NFL because they're like the whole point of doing this is to make sure that Roger Goodell isn't like the judge jury and executioner of everything as far as suspensions go. So like if this does like if he does end up getting suspended a full season after he got recommended six games from the new process that you're supposed to like endorse, you know, that's not going to look good to go to the NFL. So I think he does play for sure. And I know that here's here's the other thing. Here's the thing that I, I feel like a lot of people aren't really talking about. And I think I sent you guys a clip from Dan Levitard's show about it, which is 
the Cleveland Browns as an organization, like you went out, you gave him this money because you you inevitably believed him. Like you thought that his case and what he was saying was, and that you know he pleaded his innocent the entire his innocence the entire time. Well, now, like, are are you confident? Like, are are you still sticking by this guy? Or are you sitting there saying, "Yep, that's our star quarterback"? It's Kevin Stefanski, same thing. Like, as a coach, are like you sitting there saying, "That's my quarterback. That's my guy." Because if so, so, that's that's kind of fucked up. Like, I know that it is a business standpoint, and you're and and as a coach, you can be like, "Well, I'm just looking at it from the field and what they produce on the field, and I got to run with my guy." But at the same time, it's like. Everything that he's done, all these cases, at least five of them have proved to be legit sexual assault cases. And it's like you're 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 basically defending excuse me, he's a scumbag. I mean, you're you're essentially defending the scumbag and and you're you're putting that guy as the face of your franchise. That's what you've done. And and it is just a messy situation right now for that entire organization. And this is a this is an organization and a team that we've talked about for so long as like Everything's there. Everything that they need to succeed is there. From the defense to the line to the weapons to the running back, everything is there for them to succeed. And we talked about, you know, Baker had his shoulder issues last year, and maybe that's why he wasn't good. But now you got to start to question your Browns fan and sit there and say, should we have stuck with Baker? No, of course not, dude. You know, of course not. They knew that the the suspension, like at the worst case, would be a whole season. So they knew they weren't going to rock with Baker. Like, I mean, Jacoby Brissett has been a starting quarterback in this league before, you know? So, I mean, he'll get them through, I believe. I think it's just from the the, the, the image, though, like, that, that yeah, you're but, portraying now with bro, this guy. Bro, it's, it's not just the Browns that are portraying this, like, image of Watson. It's, like, the whole league because he just got the biggest sure. contract in the history of the NFL. As far as guaranteed money, as far as regular, like, all, like, you just got the biggest contract in NFL history. All entire. So, yeah. They push a lot to not lose as much if they suspended his pay for this right. season. And I think the thought process behind it, like, in case he gets suspended this season, we'll just push it all off to the next four years. Right. Tyron, yeah, that was kind of yeah. yeah, kind of cool. That was kind of cold. Dude, he showed out at camp for us. We cut him. I'm Ooh. so mad. This like aggravates me so much to watch him play for the Raiders. But to get back to the Deshaun Watson, <laughs> there was a precedent set with Ben Roethlisberger. Like there was. Such a vivid case. People have come out and described detail by detail by like what happened in that case. Granted, not a lot has come out to this point unless you like do some deep diving on the Deshaun Watson case. And honestly, he deserves every bit of what the suspension he gets is, if not more, probably a lot more. But they set a precedent with Big Ben. Even hey Kane, how far how far were these floods from you? So I'm in like I'm more northern Kentucky instead of uh, eastern Kentucky. Okay, was. but I did make sure to check that okay. before I drove up here last week. Thought that would be something important. Jack, 
I, I, I don't I do understand what you guys are saying about the image like the whole league takes on this image now, but the league is still trying to do something about it. Like they're still pushing to get him suspended more. The Browns don't want him to be suspended. You get like if, if you're the Browns organization, do you want this guy to be suspended for a year? No. I think they might do the 12 games they offered him initially. And that's it's a little bit of a bump up. So they show they're a little more serious. But they're still kind of sticking to what they were doing before because they already laid the lines beforehand, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it is a crazy situation, to say the least, with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. But speaking of uh, interesting quarterbacks, uh, what's going on with Matt Stafford? Uh, apparently, he's got a little bit of a... A little bit of an injury going on, and I'll throw it, I'll throw it to the injury expert, Mitchell McDonald, for a little bit of insight on that because I don't real, have real quick. Blue. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, real quick. What I read is that it was like very similar to what pitchers deal with Ooh. in baseball. Like that's that's that I read. I read that it was very similar to what pitchers deal with in baseball. Let me pull up the article real quick. I, mean, I saw Adam Schefter. I I saw it, so I haven't had a lot of time, but. My instant thought was them saying it was unusual was me thinking like kind of like it's the baseball almost like a little more mass to it, a little more weight, like just that snapping motion. Because I've seen Stafford throw before and he kind of flicks through a little more than normal quarterbacks. So makes him talented, dude. A-Rod does the same thing, I guess. Yeah, this is uh, McVeigh said it. It is a little bit abnormal for a quarterback comparing it to comparing it instead to what pitchers deal with. Interesting. He received an injection in his right elbow during the offseason. He didn't throw during any spring workouts, saying he and the team were trying to be smart with his throwing arm. Yeah, but it's I mean, from that, it sounds like he's just going to deal with it during the season. If they have like a first round exit. I think it's going to come out that he needs like UCL Tommy John surgery because at this point it sounds like something's messed up. Like you can throw on it, but it's going to be uncomfortable and you can receive those injections as much as you want. If you are a hundred million dollar quarterback like Matt Stafford. Yeah. I mean, he's still practicing. Yeah, but that's a problem like over, over usage, you know? So let me there ask are, you guys this: there From are a fantasy perspective, high schoolers throwing on torn UCLs right now. It's just a matter of whether or not scholarship or not. So, so from a fantasy perspective, does this factor mm-hmm. into like Allen Robinson at all, or even Cooper Cup? I still think you can still throw the same. It's just a matter of how much pain you can deal with. Because do you still take Do you still take Allen Robinson what, over Cortland Sutton? Not anymore. It's not quite. Not anymore. Cortland Sutton. Mitch, Mitch, do you still take? Do you still take Allen Robinson no. over Cortland Sutton? It's rough because Cortland Sutton one has less competition, and I don't trust Jerry Judy if they still put him in the slot because Russ does not look at the slot at all. Well, now Tim Patrick's out too. Yeah, I know. Tim, they were lining up Tim Patrick on the outside. I don't know if they put Judy on the outside or Hamler because Hamler would fit that Tyrell Lockett role more because he is a better deep ball guy. 
it's yep. kind of weird. You kind of have to tap into like those beat writers that are in Denver themselves to see who's getting oh, what share snapped at this point. It is. Okay. It kind of jumbles it up. They've man. been. It was solved. They've been. The, the, I was listening to uh, beat writers talking about how like all of the red zone looks, every single one has been going to Cortland Sutton. Like Russ loves him in the red zone and he's going to use that big body and that big target as much as he can in the red zone, which is, which is what you'd expect. He can probably get up higher than DK, honestly. Probably. Yeah. He is not as hefty. So I think he probably has a little more balance, maybe not the speed. Who are we talking about? Ooh, Zamir White. What a run. Zamir is going to steal Josh Jacobs' job. Speaking of uh, prolonged injuries, though, speaking of uh, Josh Jacobs and his turf toe, Chris Carson, we have not had a chance to talk about, uh, oh, wow, what a bomb. Oh, no, no, no. Wow. Oh, How do you fuck it up right at the end there? I love Tyron. That was terrible, I man. Last year, I don't know why we cut him. But um, but yeah. Speaking of uh, ailment running backs in the league right now, uh, Chris Carson. We have not had a chance to talk about how he's retired and what that means for Seattle. I mean, obviously, Seattle isn't going to be a contender this year. But what are we thinking about Kenneth Walker in fantasy this year? Guys, like, I mean. Oh, I was gonna say him or Rashad Penny. Who wow. you going with? It's a good, probably Rashad Penny. Two. That's oh man, that's a concussion. But um, to get back to your oh no, was that a no. spinal injury? From what? No, I don't think it's quite spinal. It's just a bad concussion. I think <laughs> at this point, it might be like upper cervical stuff. Yeah. It might be enough whiplash, but uh, to get back to it, for sure. Oh no! Last year, I think he's going to get a majority of the rushing attempts. But from what I've heard, Kenneth Walker has been the better receiving back camp. He's been hit on a lot of like wheel routes in the red zone and stuff like that. He might just be the better receiving back that gives him that edge, because I know personally in like sleeper mock draft and stuff like that. He has a higher ADP. And I think it's solely off of receiving routes, which he just wasn't getting at Michigan State. They are not a fan of that. Kenneth Walker... We're not a fan of that. Kenneth Walker was an absolute... Like, he could definitely... Who's a Heisman? Right. Like, he could... Who's going to be the best rookie running back this year? Brees Hall. I don't think... I really am not high on Brees Hall this year. I'm not... Because Michael Carter is going is still there, man. And Ty Johnson got a lot of reps. I don't Nah, Ty Johnson's Ty days are done. He a turp? He a turp? What happened? He, come he, on! He, what happened? He a turp, but he is done. <laughs> I really like Oh, I also too. I think he could be I think he could be the guy just because are we really sold on Devin Singletary or Zach Moss? Much better receiving back than the other two. I think he'll be used yeah. as a legit like receiving weapon. Like they'll line him out up out wide. Yeah, and Buffalo doesn't even run the ball at least with their running backs, anyways. Like it's it's Josh Allen or 
I mean, that's it. <laughs> Singletary and Moss weren't exactly great running the ball, so you can understand why they weren't running it that much. Who do you guys think is going to be comeback player of the year? I play Day one. Year. Oh. There's a lot of really good candidates. Big one. I think the Giants don't put up a great record, but he puts up like 1,800 all purpose. You would take him over McCaffrey? Yeah, it was. What the hell is he wearing? He's got the whole fit. <laughs> he put on the old fashioned helmet. He's ready to go, man. But yeah, um, let's dive into some of our questions. And uh, we do have some in Instagram as well, but uh, from Chris Benori, who's sitting on my left side right now, uh, he said, what's the takes on OBJ to the Colts as a possibility, as well as the beautiful first touchdown in the big game? Of course, he's referring to the first touchdown scored in the Super Bowl. Um, he did make like, how much was it? A lot of money. From that bet. I know Drake did as well. <laughs> but what are the takes on OBJ? We were talking about um, it a little bit before the podcast. I'm interested to see. Because now that Julio's gone, the wide receiver market outside of Will Fuller, which I'm not even sure went on there, uh, is dried up. So Will Fuller should go to Green Bay. Makes the most sense. Why is that? I just think just think that he fits what they what they Anything? need a receiver with a pulse <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean when will fuller has been healthy and not and by healthy i mean healthy or, or not was suspended he, um was healthy was when he got suspended he's been hurt every other but like when he's but when he's in the when he's playing he's actually pretty solid yeah he's good he's kind of boomer bust like that game on Thanksgiving where he had what three hundred or two hundred yards and three touchdowns, it it comes and goes so much. But how about speaking of guys that had? How about the Colts? Yeah, go ahead. Like, go speaking ahead. guys that had like one one game that was like huge or whatever, and and we'll go back to OBJ after this. But what do you guys think about Gabe Davis Ooh. this year? I don't. He is a high target guy, not necessarily receptions, but touchdowns. Downs. Who has more catches this year, James Cook or Gabriel Davis? I think it might be James Cook, dude. I think it's going to be Davis because no Emmanuel Sanders, no Cole Beasley. Oh. But Jameson Crowder. Ooh. Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder is there. He's a dog. He's there. He's better than Cole Beasley in the slot. Mm. Cole Be- but Emmanuel Sanders still... Took a lot. It's touchdowns. So more receiving points. I'm definitely leaning more towards Gabe Davis on points. But in total, Cook might sneak out a few rushing touchdowns. I don't know how much rushing yards he'll get, considering they still like Singletary based on the end of last year. Yeah, no, understood. Um, but I do want to also talk about the – we don't have to talk about OBJ necessarily because talk about him a little bit he's probably going to be out the entire year do you guys don't think that he comes back for the playoffs 
Why would you after you came back like and got injured? Like apparently it's a good thing because his ACL wasn't like completely repaired, so like they were able to completely repair it this time. But like, why would he go through? I don't think he would go through that trauma again of coming back and possibly like tearing his ACL again in the playoffs. You know, if it's not ready. I think he said like a month before the Super Bowl. He felt a tear and just played through it. And that's really why he went down non-contact in that Super Bowl game. There is no reason to wait an entire year at this point. Granted, he doesn't have a ton of years left in on his legs at this point. But there's no reason to risk. Take those six extra months on top of what your normal rehab is. And get your legs back in shape so you can actually play in the season. I just, I, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, I don't think that he goes. Oh, uh, nice spine. Oh, is that complete? Sidham's looking. That guy that just caught that ball is going to have a big game against the Chiefs this year. Marcus. Calling it. I said it on the AFC West preview, and I'm sticking to it. Tyron Johnson's going to have a big one against us. Don't worry. So, uh, Chris brought up Brunori to the Colts. You guys think that the Colts are going to be functional without a premier receiving weapon in that offense? I mean, I'm legitimately concerned. Michael Pittman's good, but he's wide receiver too good. If you want to be, you want to be the level of good that the Colts need to be, uh, I have serious doubts. Well, I think that. I think this is the time for the they've been waiting on to finally step up, and that's Paris Campbell. I think Paris Campbell's got to show that that he is a capable wide receiver two, wide receiver three, in order for this offense to to flourish. Yeah, fair. I think that, uh, Pittman might serve as that like route runner, as opposed to deep ball guy, and it might end up like. Like the great value Walmart brand version of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams because Alec Pierce is a deep ball. He is about as good as it comes as go routes of the guys that are coming out of this class. And then you have Michael Pittman who managed to finish, I think it was third against single coverage on like, I think it was yards per cat or yards per attempt. And I think he averaged like 6.7 for yards per attempt on single coverage as opposed to Keenan Allen, Devontae, and Mike Evans. So he was in fourth. But still, he knows how to get open. He is kind of like a safety valve guy, like if you have somewhat chemistry with him. And then Pierce is that deep ball guy. Granted, they still, it, it leaves a lot for you to want from this team. But I well, we know how we know how Matt Ryan likes his number one mm. target. I mean, Julio Jones, Roddy yep. White, Calvin Ridley. Yep. Like, we, he he loves his number one target, and like, yeah, he's done it before in the past with just having one main wide receiver. So, like, does, does he do it again at the Ooh. age that he's at? Russian. Maybe I don't know. There he is. Uh oh. Uh oh. I also do, I also think that Naheem Hines is going to have an absolutely ball because they don't have the weapon. So with the receiving bats just getting better, and Naheem Hines 
he had a really decent. I think he's just going to up that with a higher level of quarter at Ryan, who apparently has taken a hell of a leadership role at camp and everything. Again, those offense. Who knows what we'll see out of the Colts. Let's move on to uh, some of our other questions. And we do have a question. Uh, what are their odds the Bengals making it back to this? Making it back. I'd put the odds of them winning it at the same as them making it back just because of the AFC. Yeah. I, I don't think the odds of them making it back are very good at all. I mean, I saw they're. I mean, they're going to win that division now that they aren't missing half of their initial roster. I also noticed on our poll on the over-under, I believe the over-under on wins was like nine and a half. And I, I mean, the majority of people did take the under on that for the Bengals, you know? And I did... Well, it's because I think of the schedule and the Super Bowl hangover and everything in that regard. I think that, that's probably why people are looking at it. But you literally can't... Think of a better offseason they could have had. I mean, they needed to address the offensive line. They did. You know? You got Lyle Collins, uh, Ali Marpet, right? Um, no, they got... Uh, <laughs> they got the guy from the, from the uh, Patriots. Kappa. Kappa. That's what it... That's who it And they signed the guy from the Patriots. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, I mean, we were begging uh, right after the Super Bowl. We were like, okay, they can be a legitimate contender if they address this offense. Exactly what they did. So the odds of them making it back to the Super Bowl. Oh, Ted, Ted Karras. That's who it was. It's, yeah, he's, they have him at center right now. But, yeah, I think that they've got a pretty solid line now. I mean, it's, it's anything's better than what they probably had. But... It's just the AFC is so deep. And they benefited from some teams that had injuries last year. I think they had some good fortune as well throughout the playoffs. But I just I think there's way too much competition and way too many guys that have like a narrative this year. Oh shit. Like a lot to prove. There is a lot yeah. of AFC to prove something. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Jackson. You got Herbert. You probably have Tua. Something himself. Tua. Mac uh, Jones. I feel like Tannehill always has something to prove because everybody thinks he's just Deshaun. Deshaun. Deshaun even plays, but yeah. Um. Who else is there? Uh, da, 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 da. I don't think Matt Ryan has anything to prove. He is what he is. I think Burrow's got a little bit of something to prove, man. He's, I mean, looking at these quarterback deals right now, I mean, he could start getting paid. Man, this is a good little one-minute drill by... Uh, yeah, I know. Who's the Jags quarterback? Right now, it's not... Uh, not Mullins anymore, because Mullins was nine, I think. Mullins was on the Raiders. Shit, he was. Beathard was on the Jags and he was inactive. Oh, beat hard. CJ beat hard. 
Wow, I did not know Matt Stafford was tied for the most picks last year. Huh. I didn't. He had a lot more touchdowns than uh, Trevor Lawrence, though. So we got some uh, questions on the Instagram. Uh, One of them, yeah, I mean, hey. Running a hell of a. Yeah, we got some uh, questions on the Instagram. We already talked about it a little bit, but what do we think of Deontay Johnson's contract? Uh, Tyler said, you know, premature on his part. Could have waited, balled out this year with a better quarterback, gotten some more money, more similar to the money that Harry got, that DK got, that Debo got. But I don't know. I mean, are we even convinced that Deontay is even that guy, man? I don't know if we're putting him in. I don't think he belongs in the conversation with those guys just because he was drafted in the class, personally. I think Deontay's gotten way too much hype. I think he lost out on a lot of money because he could have gotten traded and made that money elsewhere because the hype to get that wide receiver one, the guys who can take over a game for you on the outside, is at an all-time high right now. And he's in the same class with everybody making over dollars, and he did not make that. Did not know that Press Taylor, the Jags OC, is Zach. I was going to say. I mean, I pretty much thought that because Zach Taylor. I mean, they look like exactly like it's like the Gruden, pretty much. Oh, they do look pretty similar. But um. We already went over Deontay's contract a little bit, but let's dive into some of the uh, other questions we got here. Are the Bucks going 14-3 and three this year? Uh, the Bucks are one of the teams that have yet to be named in our power rankings, which we do have to talk a little bit about our power rankings once the whole list is out. Because we've gotten a lot, some stiff arguments in the uh, comments of those posts so far. The Bucks have a very, very favorable schedule. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, like, I mean, the NFC South is not what it used to be. That's number one. But then they've got, like, no wide um, the Seahawks on there. Possibly the Browns. Who knows what that situation is going to be like. So, I mean, and then they've got, like, teams like the Cardinals and San Fran. They do play the Bengals, the Ravens. The Steelers, the Chiefs, the Packers. Yeah. I mean, fourteen and three is a lot. It's hard to only lose I, games in a season when you're playing the division, especially. Well, I was going to say also, especially with like the fact that they might have their division clinched and they might not have anything to play for, and then lose that final game just for shits and gigs. Yeah. I would put a lot of money on them to not hit 14 to 3. I don't think. Yeah. I would say 12 and 5. 5. Yeah, that sounds about right. Very solid for them. I mean, I know that this isn't this isn't an on-paper evaluation, but I also don't think that Tom Brady would come back to have a 10-win season. He's also with the... I don't think with Julio been, there but... too now. Come on, got some dogs over there. Yo, Bernard's looking pretty good in camp so I'm far. So... I mean, Lenny looked really good down the stretch last year. Not, not so really. I, let's have a legitimate conversation about Julio because we actually haven't done that yet. Um, 
and we've got half time. Yeah, so we got time. A lot of the thoughts with Julio. I mean, last time we saw it, last time we saw Julio off field, dog shit. Um, are we attributing that season to workload, his injuries, uh, Anahill? I I can't put a finger on like. Hamstring injury. He couldn't shake it the entire year. And then my thing is, though, like, he's a guy at his age where, like, that injury might just never go away. Yeah. It's been an, a persistent thing year after year. <clears throat> he hasn't developed his hamstrings, apparently. And, and granted, you know, this is arguably one of, if not the greatest wide receiver of our lifetime. I mean, like, in the last decade, it's, it, I mean, honestly, it, his career, and, and I know this guy only went, you know, he probably retired a little bit earlier than what we projected, but like Calvin Johnson, you know, like it's kind of the same thing where these guys get to like 32 and it's like, that's it. And that's why, like, we're talking about OBJ. I mean, OBJ got drafted in like, when did he get drafted? 2013? 2014. He was 2014. So OBJ will be 30 this year. Same. And that's kind of that, like, that mark that I look at where I'm like, mm, how much more do these guys have left in the tank? Because Julio's what, 32, 33? Yeah. I mean, he's at least, it's got to be 33. Yeah. He's 33. He turned 33 this year. So, like, I mean, what what would you consider a quote unquote successful season? I think red zone target wise, I think he might be a fucking monster. And also, out of all places, Tampa Bay knows how to preserve their veterans. That's been basically a retirement home for guys as of late. You know, so <laughs> I mean, I, I I agree with you on that. But the other thing that I think a lot of people are forgetting about, everybody's like, oh, well, Chris Godwin's hurt, so like he's going to be able to step right in and do really well. Russell Gage is a guy that I'm going to be targeting, and I shouldn't be telling you guys this, but that is a guy that I'm going to be targeting in pretty much every single draft because Brady loves the slot. He loves those speedy guys, and that's exactly what Russell Gage is. I think Russell Gage is going to have a lot more of an impact on this team. Yeah, and he made a point to go out and get Gage. Like He was hitting him up like on his phone, and he was like, I think Gage came out in an interview or on Twitter or something. Oh, you're talking about me? Like, and was, out of all people, he would reach out to him. But obviously, Tom Brady, the best football player of all time, saw something in Russell Gage that he liked the games that they played. So I agree with you. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to sit here and say, like, Julio Jones is a bad player because, like, he's not. He's, like I said, he's arguably one of the greatest wide receivers in the last decade. Um, but I just, I don't know how much he's going to be able to provide at this stage in his career. Like I could see like, like 200, 300 mm. yards on the season. Like I don't see, I see around 400 yards, but as far as a goal line red zone option, I think, I think he could hit double digit touchdowns, especially with his main guy. Gronk is gone. You know, I think Mike Evans can have an absolute monsters. But he likes to he likes his guys in the end zone. And Gronk was that guy last year. Didn't put up crazy crazy yardage or anything. But he's gonna get those touchdowns, I think. Mitch 
Mitch, we were talking about Russell Gage's impact on this team, and I said he's going to have much more of an impact than Julio will. It depends on how long Godwin takes to get back, because Godwin is not going to... See, I don't think that has an effect. I think that if Julio can avoid his typical hamstring injury, like Kane said, he is going to be that red zone target because everybody and their mother knows Mike Evans is going to be a red zone target but everybody thinks that Julio is not quite there anymore and if you're a true insider you think he's washed at this point you can't divert attention to both so I think you're willing to take the single coverage on Julio at this point and I think it's going to get a lot of teams burned enough he doesn't necessarily be like an 800 yard receiver this season but I think he can crack 500 yards when healthy. It's the biggest question. When, when healthy. It's like, is, is he going to? Like, I, I just, I don't see this guy being able to play <clears> four <throat> or five games straight without having some kind of nagging injury that pops up. It's hard to predict. Like I said, I mean, the Bucks seem to be the retirement home of late for aging stars. And they've had success there, except for AB, who coincidentally Old to play injured. Maybe he had success. Yeah, he did. You're right. This very brief stint, but yeah. AB when when AB was there, like he was I had him on I had him on fantasy and he killed it for me. I know. That's fair. You should have dumped him so quick, man. Yeah, because I know that he's gonna run off the field with his shirt off (laughs) and just totally quit (laughs) football. Traction based on the past year and a half, at least. <laughs> and, and and now he's a he, didn't he perform it like Rolling Loud or something? Yeah, he was in some like leather jacket with no shirt underneath, just like dancing around stage trying to perform his song. I mean, he's still making money, so like, good on him. But like, what are you doing, bro? You were in the prime. <laughs> All he had to do. Week and he would have had a guaranteed 30 minutes. He couldn't do it. He is an all-time bag fumbler. Do you think that he do you think that there's some oh, CTE going on there? Oh 100%. I, I do. Good Lord caused some issues there. <laughs> Single. Alright, Julio's former team. Who has the better season? Traylon Burks or Bobby Trees. Ooh, great question. I think it's Bobby Trees, man. We, I think the Bobby Trees hype from this past season will carry over to this next season. Like it's came a year too late. He is, he is coming off a torn ACL. That's true. That's true. But I mean, that happened towards the end of the or towards the beginning of the year, right? I mean, yeah, it was like yeah. Wait, stop. I, I think Bobby Trees provides more of that like short rarity, and then Traylon is more of what AJ was in that jump ball, go get it guy thing, because he does not have a lot to his route tree yet. He is go balls and very short routes, but I think Robert Woods is a little <laughs> more consistent in that like. Five to ten range, which is probably Tannehill's money. 
We have a uh, couple of comments here about the Eagles smoking the Commanders. Got a couple of people saying facts. Um, I I text. I, that's funny because somebody must have been reading my somebody must have been <laughs> reading my mind because that was something that I texted you guys and I was just getting ready to talk about. Like, I weirdly really like the Eagles this year and I hate the Eagles. I despise Philly. Wow. I despise every sports team in Philly. Can't stand that city. But I think I think the Eagles are really going to have a good year. I think that they're going to mm. win the division. I think they could win 10, 11, or 12 games. Look at their schedule. Their schedule is a cakewalk. Look at their first four games. No offense, Kane. But, like, their first four games are, like, I think the Lions are there. Washington's there. Um, I want to say the Texans are there. Come on. I mean, that's their toughest game. It's the Lions. Oh, the Vikings are there, too. Oops. Um, the Lions, the Vikings, Commanders, and Jags. Cakewalk. They've also got the, they've also got the Texans in there. They've got I know. I forgot about that game, but it's on the road. It's in Philly, so like the Vikings are loose at. It's prime time. Come on, we know how Kirk Cousins does. I don't. He's gonna blow it. I love that confidence, dude. If our defense, it's the second game of the year. It's the second game of the year. Monday Night Football. Like, if our defense plays like it should, and how it did on paper. Like the year before, when we made it to the playoffs and almost beat Tom Brady in route to the Super Bowl, or when he was in route to the Super Bowl. Like, if our defense can lock it down this year and play like we're supposed to play with Chase Young coming back and improved secondary, I I think we could do some damage, dude, because Carson Wentz is an NFL quarterback, something that we haven't had in Washington in a decade, dude, since RG3. Since Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins was Kirk Cousins was an NFL quarterback, and I really do miss Kirk Cousins. But okay, it's the the last time the last time we saw Carson Wentz on a football field, he was blowing his team's chances to go to the playoffs against the team with the number one pick last year, the worst team in football. I'm just saying. And then, do you remember the interception he had against the Rams where he just, like, was on the goal line getting ready to get sacked? Everybody, I mean, I've, I've said this a thousand times. Everybody wants to pretend like every game was the Jacksonville game. That's not true, man. It's not true. He was one of the better quarterbacks. He was top eight. QBR? I called. I called. The, I called the Jags winning. Also, now that Terry is on the extension, now that Terry's on an extension, he is the premier target for a guy like Carson Wentz, who's never had that sort of thing. I mean, Pittman is not that guy. Come on now, and he didn't have it in Philly. He's never had a receiver. He's the first quarterback in NFL history throw over four thousand five hundred yards in a season without a receiver that went for five hundred yards. It's insane. I take Pittman. You take Pittman over Terry. What's your guys' line? What's your guys' offensive line like? Because that's a better question. Cosme is at what right tackle? Yeah, Andrew Norwell, Charles Leno, Chase Rollier. Yeah, Rowler. Yeah, Rowler Rollier. Rollier and Wes Schweitzer. Schweitzer's been on the team for a while. Rollier's been. Jonathan Taylor. It just doesn't add up. Like they just. He literally just had to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, and he could produce no turnovers, which is why 
he was held under 10 picks last year because he could just hand it off and do dump off passes in the red zone to just get his touchdowns because he could sell the play action. I don't think Gibson provides that. And I don't think the offensive line can open up that like they did in Indianapolis. I, we're, all right, let's play, let's play Tyler's favorite game. Would you yeah. rather Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins? I'm going to say Carson Wentz, and this is the same argument that I've been saying about Carson Wentz. Like, he has the talent to be an MVP caliber quarterback still. Kirk Cousins will never get close to that. Sure, good NFL quarterback. But Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston? Carson had. Like, Kirk's Washington years will be better than what Carson puts up this year. Okay. Mitch, Carson Wentz or Jameis? Let's talk a little bit about Jameis Winston, huh? I kind of want to talk about that. Jameis. I... I, like, no respect to Carson, because I do think Carson has it in him. I just think Jameis has somewhat learned from his time in the league, not in that Bruce Arians offense that forces you to try to push downfield. Because he didn't have the reputation Tom Brady had to say no, I'm not going to throw it 30 yards downfield every time. And he just couldn't say no to him. And he was forced to make dumb passes because he had to look downfield every time. How about Jameis Winston, though? Like, I think that I might take Jameis Winston over Carson Wentz coming year. And I... I do like... I mean, he's got Michael Michael Thomas and Alave now. And And Jarvis has a very safe safety net. He's got... Depending right. on what happens I mean, with Kamara, that's, another that's a big F. On, but Adam Troutman, Troutman was Good, like, like really hyped up. up a lot before. Uh... Yeah, but how often do we rookie see rookie anymore. tight ends come into the league and actually produce? I see, see Lave get at least three fifty clones just on training camp notes. He's been yeah, he Lave looks no. good, and that is a very good secondary. You got Marcus. I'm going to the bathroom. Garter Johnson, Marcus Lattimore. Who else do we got? Because I know that's one of the more well-rounded defensive backs units that is in the league at this moment. And the Saints, I I don't know where we ended up ranking them consensus defensively, but that is Mm -hmm. a good defense. And Jamin has, from what I've heard, looked very good so far. Also, like... The Saints. I mean, I getting kicked out of camp at this point. They have looked. But um, what I was gonna say about the Saints is like, is Michael Thomas the clear number one target in New Orleans still? Like, because now that you've got Olave, and now that you've got like some other options over there, like I think Olave might. The time for Michael Thomas being the number one target in New Orleans is over. No, and we've never seen him play with Jameis. We've never seen, and Michael Thomas hasn't been on a football field forever. I think they might lean to that like safety net valve while they're still figuring it out. Both the new receivers, just newness of the offense in general, with Dennis Allen and Charge, they might lean to Thomas's short routes. And dude, I did not think Thomas would be able to make cuts the way he's been making them right now. Like, the surgery he had 
and that I've heard he had, I don't know if it's like a necessary, like credible surgeon. But the deltoid ligament on the side of the ankle, that is a hard ligament to tear, and it is hard to tear, which would make sense why it took him over a year to get ready. But he looks good again. He looks like that Michael Thomas that went for 144 catches. I, I just think that PPR value, if you're in a full-point PPR, he is going to be as consistent as they come. Olave is going to come and go just – as most rookies do. I mean, you look at Waddle. He was so much more consistent than Jamar Chase, but you'd rather have Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase could have easily made you miss the playoffs if you banked on him way too early in a draft. I just think that that safety valve of Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, not even Mike Evans, but more Deontay Johnson type of player can get you to the playoffs if you wait like halfway through the season and trade them off. But Thomas is just such a sure thing, I feel like, at this point. And I might just be cautiously optimistic because I think he is one of the best like short route runners in the league, but he looked like he did a few two years ago before the injury. Kane, I gotta ask you, man. What do you think of Trey Lance? Volume out. Oh, my apologies, man. So, what I it, dude? I've been uh, I've been on mute for the past like solid like minute, probably, but um. I was about to say, I saw you talking for a little bit. I looked away and then looked back down. Yeah, that's why you asked me about Trey Lance. Um, but I was I was saying while you were doing that, I would love to. You were talking a lot about uh, Michael Thomas and the fantasy perspective for him, but we haven't really done a, a head-first dive into fantasy yet, so might as well do that a little bit because we're talking about viable fantasy options like Michael Thomas, and this is the kind of year that – you need options like that, a wide receiver, because wide receivers will be going off the board earlier than they usually do. Um, speaking of that, though, dude, I really think I'm going wide receiver, if I can, in the first round of most fantasy drafts. I mean, in the draft I'm in with you and Jaden in our eight-man league, I'm at four. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jaden is strictly on zero running back, I think I'm very willing to take like an off snack or maybe Derrick Henry. I'm not as huge on him, but just because he doesn't get the receiving element. But if I can get one of those elite running backs, it's amazing. The zero running back strategy works great. If you're in probably a deeper league and you're outside of that first half of the draft, because those first half of the draft running backs, they can usually make or break a team. Because those Jonathan Taylors of the world, those McCaffrey went healthies, there's no replacing them. And if you trade them, 
you are going to get an insane amount of value if you actually know what you have on your plate. But we've seen wide receivers be more valuable than running backs as of late, you know? Like, sure, the depth at running back is a little more shallow, but this is one of this is the year that you would want to try the zero RB strategy because of the depth. And Cooper Cup proved last year that guys can win you a league at play the wide receiver position, you know? Like, I mean... Yeah, but Cooper Cup was also like a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, last year for sure. But we're talking about this year, like what what your draft strategy as far as uh, running backs, wide receivers go, because we we're thinking we dive headfirst into some fantasy discussion. But I, I mean, I'm such a traditionalist. Like I'm such a traditionalist, and I want to secure that at least RB one spot, and then I'll depending on like. I don't I think have, I will like, this year. I don't, know, pick, I don't think I will. It depends. It de- it also depends on the pick. Like if I have like pick ten, like yeah, I'm going to consider a wide receiver there for sure. But you damn well best believe that I'm probably going to go running back the next round. So what running backs go off the board before you consider a wide receiver? So it's uh, JT McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. I would say those four. Eckler. I was about to say put Eckler in there. Come on. Yeah, I mean, well, well, before I consider, before I consider wide receiver, I I would see that's the thing because if like if 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 Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson drops to like four like five, then I'm probably gonna take one of them. No, I 100% agree. I'm not. I'll go see it. I'm probably not going McCaffrey, dude. I'm staying away from McCaffrey, JT, Derrick Henry, who I do see regression from this year. I think Derrick Henry, I mean, obviously, regression from the pace that he was going at last year, but he wasn't even effective at his pace. I think he's going to be injury riddled for one of the first. But um, I'm going JT, going Derrick Henry, and maybe Dalvin Cook before I consider Justin Jefferson. Oh, Eckler. Yeah, probably Eckler. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a monster. Yeah, but Eckler had 20 yeah. touchdowns. I'll probably throw Eckler into that conversation, too. Um, Eckler might be more solidified than Dalvin Cook, in my opinion, because we're going to see a new-look Minnesota offense this year. Like, Dalvin Cook's not going to be the same Dalvin Cook. I mean, Tyler, you can attest to that. What do you think Dalvin Cook's outlook is going to look like this year? We were, talking, we were talking about it earlier with, like, lining him up at receiver a little bit more, and I think that the usage is going to be down a little bit, but, like, how much? Like, I don't see him getting the 30 carries a game, but I still see yeah, him getting I mean, 20. And also, you can, like you said, utilize him in the receiving game. Just balance out. But Dalvin, I worry about, I, I worry about Dalvin's injury history, you know? Like, Dalvin always has missed a game or two every single season, it seems like. And, and that's not a hyperbole. Like, that's, that's pretty much spot on with him. But just... If you're, if, if you're going to draft him, you, you better draft Madison. You, you 100%. Out of, out of those running backs between JT, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Dalvin Cook, I think Dalvin is the one that I would draft the backup. Like, the other three, they, they have the backups, but they're not as solidified as Madison is. Like, if Dalvin Cook goes down, you know you're getting possibly an, R- an RB1. Like, he's in the RB1 conversation immediately. Wouldn't you say that? Like, if, if Dalvin Cook goes down, wouldn't you say that... Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just wondering how long. I mean, Madison, he's an equal replacement. 
for Dalvin Cook. How many guys in the NFL do we have like that anymore? I feel like the handcuff trend was so popular for a while, but now it's fallen out of favor because now it's Madison and yeah, Kareem Hunt. Sure, Kareem Hunt. If you want, if you even want to consider that an insurance option, because they basically play equal time now. Kareem Hunt, Nick Hunt. Nick Chubb. Yeah, and didn't they didn't didn't they just bring somebody in? Um, Cleveland. Oh yeah, they got Ernest Johnson. They signed to a tender for some reason, and then drafted running back again. I have no idea why. Ernest Johnson. It made no sense why they four good running backs. Former uh, fish, four. fishing boat <laughs> captain Ernest Johnson. Yeah. Jerome Ford, he was a Cincy, Cincy back, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, him, Alec Pierce, and uh, Ritter. That was. Here's all right. Speaking of Ritter, do you think Ritter ends up starting at any point this year over Mariota? Apparently, Mariota is like. They're going to be so bad that they feel the need to see what they have in them, I think. By game 13, 14, they're going to have to put him in. I like Mariota a lot. Like, I've always liked Mariota, even coming out of Oregon. I think that he starts the whole year because also he's looked great in camp. So he's looked, he's a. I like that team provides nothing around him, and they're going to feel the need to look into a quarterback round one, and they're going to have to see what they have at a Ritter. Oh, I was there. My headset died. But yeah, so we got a couple other questions and comments here. Uh, will the Chiefs beat the Bengals this year? Um, we can you. Uh, who do you like better this year? Do you think the the Bengals have finally gotten over the hump, over that Chiefs hump? And would you take a team like the Chiefs over the Bengals, or are you still rocking with the Chiefs consistently? And I mean, how many times do they play each other this year? Twice. Yep. Once, if not a playoff right. game, if that. They both won the division. Yeah, I mean, I'll go ahead and look at the schedule right now. But, I mean, have the Bengals gotten over that hump? I mean, they did beat them in the... I don't think they have because they were probably a very rookie secondary because Jesse Bates is not going to play for them now. He's going to get traded to the Raiders, watch. Oh, fuck that. No. Dear God. That would be a perfect fit. I'm sorry. Good Lord. I, they are not going to be afford that. They can't afford that. It's a, it's a perfect and fit, though. They can't afford him. But personally, I don't think they have been able to overcome what the Chiefs have done. Because the Chiefs managed to trade away Tyreek Hill, and at the same time, they drafted Sky Moore, looks good. Yep. picked up Schuster, and got MVS, who can make up for three waves of the passing game when they had two legitimate passing threats on the outside. Because none of those receivers could catch. Meek and Byron were not good receivers. They could barely catch. And now you have three legitimate weapons on the outside. It is so much better. And then they managed to get more draft picks 
to make that defense oh, more solidified. I mean, just getting Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis alone is good enough. And then you get a steal yep. of Leo Chennault alongside Nick Bolton on the inside Perfect. linebacker position. This defense I mean, I like improved on. Even with losing Chardavis Ward, sorry, they are still well, one of the more like solid defenses in the league. They don't necessarily have the overwhelming flash on pass rush or cornerback, but they are well-built throughout. Let me hear it, Kane. Let me hear it. What you want? I'm conservative. I like it. Like it. Like it. I'm sorry. I just, Kane, hate, Kane hates the Chiefs' D. I do, and I've had I've had a relationship with the Chiefs defense, and they've just got a, a lot of new faces this year, man. Like you're bringing so many new faces, like a group of rookies in. Justin Reed, Justin Reed, we didn't even. Yeah, Justin Reed, but he's a new face, you know, and he's not Tyron Matthew. He can't just step into a defense and automatically lead, and you know, like just slide into a defensive scheme. But they have so many. What'd you yeah, would you say much? I think Juan Thornhill stepped into his spot. So far, he's been picking up coverages pretty well behind Patrick Mahomes playing on the first teams. So, I mean, there's optimism in Kansas City for the uh, pass coverage. There's optimism. Yeah, I'm just yeah. The new faces thing is huge, and Rick Spagnolia. There's, he was fumbling around for the first, like, eight weeks last year trying to figure out what was wrong with his defense. And imagine what he's going to do with a handful of rookies and a bunch of new faces. I mean, I, Wait, did you call him Rick Spagnolia? Steve. <laughs> you did that on the, on the pod. I don't know what your obsession with Rick is. <laughs> Steve. Wait, did I? Wait, I did it on the pod for what? When we were breaking down the AFC West. Oh, jeez, man. Rick, Rick's Magnolia. So wait, so wait, Mitch, Mitch, you think Leo Chanel is going to start over Jermaine Carter? Yeah, I think he just because he's he's an athletic freak, and then just playing any athletic freak behind Nick Bolton's awareness, you're asking for something good because you have and, Will, and Willie Gay, thought. Willie Willie Gay is it, not terrible either. It's not necessarily like the hardest position to hide either. If there is a weakness and awareness or anything like that, I think he plays. A uh, little. And they have the tandem to be the best inside linebacker group in the league by far. Good grief, they are going to be good. So uh, we got one last uh, little comment here uh, as we we. Wind down a little bit because we are at the uh, hour and twenty one mark, which is solid. But hey, this has been a kick ass. It's fucking just fun to talk about football. Like, I mean, yeah, and, and it's nice to like watch the game and provide a little insight to the game, but then also discuss some things that have been happening. And like Mitch said, uh, and I think you might have mentioned it too, Kane. It's like it's August. Like now is when we really start to dive into fantasy and really start to look in because. Realistically, we're like two or three weeks away from from a lot of drafts here that are going to be taking yeah. place. I mean, preseason games are going to be kicking in. I think next weekend is like the first legitimate weekend of preseason games. So we're we're getting close. Yeah, we are getting close. August is always the mark, the the bookmark. I mean, college college games start college games start in three weeks. Yeah, dude. 
No, it's absolutely. And Kentucky's going to be a contender this year, man. Forward to it. Will Levis, top 10 pick next year. Oh, baby. Number one. Yeah, Ailing your coffee. <laughs> Come on. Show us something. Yeah, I mean, he did. I can't speak to that, that but I can speak to his. I think the biggest wild card in next year's draft at the quarterback position is Spencer Rattler. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to get to that first round. Would you say, Mitch? Dude, I think it's <laughs> that dude has a cannon. He's going top. Who 10. is it? Any from Florida, the quarterback Richardson. AR fifteen. Not Emory Jones, is it? AR fifteen. Uh, Anthony Richardson. AR. Yes, sir. Now restricted. Yeah, he's a dog. He's a dog. But yeah, man. He he has so much arm talent. If he shows anything. He's going he top And he's yeah, he lost. The, but he Florida has, lost their number one target at receiver, though. Who? What school poached uh, that that guy again, Tyler? I can't remember what school poached uh, the Florida's number one wide receiver. Oh, that's right, Maryland. That's why Maryland has top five wide receiver group in the entire country this year. Oh, uh, last comment that I wanted. To, they do. They do, man. R- Rakim Jarrett, Dante Demas, and and Co- Jacob Copeland. Those three are really. F- those are all three NFL receivers. With Talia Tungavailoa at the helm, dude, the better one of the Tungavailoa brothers. I hope that'd be awesome. Oh, hey, hundred fifty to one to win the Big Ten, right? Yes, sir. I think something like that. <laughs> but um, one last little comment I wanted to address. Uh, John Michael, uh, also Jacob McLaren made his uh, annual Go Ravens comment, so we always appreciate that. Um, I respect the persistence. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, but uh, John Michael, who comments occasionally, pretty cool. Him commenting again, commenting some more stuff about the Eagles back in the shit out of the Commanders this year. Uh, but he was he said AJ Brown will outplay Terry McLaurin this year. Book it. What are your thoughts on AJ Brown before we uh, call it a close? I don't think it's AJ Brown as much as I worry about Jalen Hurts. And I'm really high on the Eagles, but I still wonder about Jalen Hurts' passing ability. His rushing ability is some some of the best out of any quarterback in the league. But oh, is that Kyle Slaughter? Is that who that is? Jeez, former Viking quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys see AJ Brown getting a thousand yards? I do. I do. Do you think him or Devontae Smith is more likely to oh, get a thousand? Oh, I think it's A.J. Brown, and it's not even close. Oh, bitch. Bitch said Devontae. Is A.J. Brown still a top, top five no, receiver? of course not. He is not a top Let's player. not get silly. He here, is Tyler. not a top. He's like top ten receiver, but his talents do not match what Hurts can do at all. So I think that Devontae Smith is going to outperform just by a little bit because I don't think Hertz has that accuracy on the beat ball that AJ Brown kind of requires. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. He is. It's kind of. It gives me To vibes, man. He's kind of built Sorry, like To, like that, that size. I don't know. Like a team in Eagles jersey. It's it's kind of weird. And also, we have new helmets this year. We have a black one. Um, 
I don't think any of our teams have new helmets, but I have a new team. That is kind of embarrassing for the Jags to spend the most ever in a single offseason, and they didn't really bring in anybody of notability. Still suck. Yeah, so. Oh, Zay Jones, I forgot. We. We shit, <laughs> we shit on Zay Jones while you were on the last podcast when you weren't there. Oh, I know. I listen. <laughs> hey, man. When he goes for 1,000 yards right. this year, just... We got the receipts oh, right here. He goes... Oh, my God. I would be... If, if Zay Jones goes for 1,000 yards, you... Oh, yeah. I'll get a Zay Jones today. tattoo. I'll strip down to my underwear on the pod. <laughs> You guys, you guys should all get together oh, and get me a Zay yeah. Jones jersey. All right, we'll end it on that. <laughs> so, football is back. Um, we're super happy about that. Let's fucking go. Pod's going to be coming out consistently now because we're all getting hype. August is that month. And looking forward to hell of a year. Can't wait. So, for all of us here at the Blitz Pod, we'll catch you later.